You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. According to a survey done by Mission Australia in 2016, body image was one of the top three concerns for young people in Australia. Now, this was a survey done from children between 15 and 18, but there are enough stories around of really young children being concerned about their weight. Unfortunately, these days, it's an issue for both boys and girls. So we're going to have a conversation today about a lady who's very much talking about girls these days, um, but we think that this is something we can weave between the genders. Uh, I am speaking of Karen Bevan, who's the CEO of Girl Guides Australia. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm great. Great to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Now, um, it is a bit of a, a sad story, isn't it, that um, body confidence isn't something we assign to girls on their own now. It's a big enough problem for girls and women, but it's affecting boys too, isn't it? Absolutely. And we know that this is a global trend. So, you know, in the world of Girl Guides, we've done work in places like the UK, New Zealand. We know that body confidence and concern about appearance and appearance-based discrimination, if you like, is an issue for girls everywhere. But we know that it's equally starting to affect boys. Now, probably equally is an overstatement. It's It affects girls and boys in different ways and to different degrees. And I think it has a different player. It plays out differently. But when you're dealing with kids age naught to five, you know, which is most of your audience, you're starting to see the building of the issues that will translate into those concerns later in life for both girls and boys. So why is this happening I mean, can we lay all the blame at the feet of social media? Because, you know, there's so much more images out there. There's so many more images out there on Instagram and whatnot. Can we just say this is why it's happening? Look, that'd be great if we could say that. And then we could all just, what, turn off all our devices, <laughs> the television, the radio, uh, make sure that we close down our Facebook accounts, you know, get rid of Insta. It's That, that would be, you know, an easy way out. It's just a platform, really, for a broader issue that we're actually dealing with every day in our homes. And it's not just about the pictures we take or the visual representation of girls and women or boys and men. It's actually um, about what we construct as what's good in a person, what a good person looks like. It's about how we talk about gender and how we construct a view of what a pretty girl is or what a handsome little boy is. And those things aren't all about social media. They're about the books we read our kids. They're about the conversations we have at home. They're about our own insecurities as parents. Um, I was reading somewhere, you know, a, a fantastic blog post yesterday about the damage that we can do when we talk about our bodies in front of our kids. You know, there's a bigger picture. So social media, I think, has definitely amplified that. And I'm pretty sure that no one would argue that the massive visual representations of beauty and the discussion about beauty that, or, or not beauty or health or all of those things that are going on as a result of people sort of seeing pictures of a whole range of people. Sure, that amplifies the thing, but it actually, when you look at the research, it actually comes back to what are we constructing as ideal humans? Um, so there's a lot of work we've got to do there. It's not just about, uh, and as you say, it's girls and boys here. So it's not just about, well, we need to stop talking about, you know, being fat in front of our daughters. 
I mean, look, let's face it, that would help. As my daughter has said to me many, many times, the benefits of when they grow up and give you a bit of feedback about your parenting. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Um, but I think, you know, that's a thing that we need to do. But it's actually a broader question. It's about, well, how do we talk about what is an attractive person. So do we talk about people who are kind? Do we talk about generosity? Do we talk about liking people who are who get stuff done? Or do we talk about we like pretty pretty girls or we like um, you know, we construct a sort of idealized view of what a good person looks like. Now that doesn't just come in, in the normal discussion. You know, we often talk about, well, you know, it's about weight. It's about you know, we talk about people who are fat as X, lazy, or whatever those horrible stereotypes are. But it actually goes a lot deeper than that. And it, and that's why it's more um, about that question of, are we seeing diverse images of what real people look like? And when you think about, for example, the issue of diversity and what we see represented around us, we're still struggling with a media and a, a, a literature that's largely in this country based on a pretty, um, you know, white story of what this country's about, despite the fact that we have a, a much more diverse population and a very complex and diverse history. We also see still, you know, constructions of people of worth being also people of a certain type of look. So there's a lot of that that comes in underneath and then when you, you know, see it on social media and you see it amplified uh, massively, I think it does compound the effect. But certainly the research doesn't say social media is responsible. I mean, this has been an issue for decades. Um, so for parents, I think it's, you know, important for us all to see it's it's not just a – we're not going to fix this by shutting down our Instagram account. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Karen Bevan, who's the CEO of Girl Guides Australia. We're talking about body confidence. We know it's an issue for the youth in our country, but also for um, – it starts young. We all know we want to start cultivating confidence in our children. Karen was just talking about the things that can influence the way our kids feel about themselves, including language we use about our own bodies in front of our kids. That is, um, it's funny, I find some things when when you talk about them, they seem really obvious, but day to day it can be quite hard to keep your eye on it. Now, how I talk about my own body, because I've heard it so many times, that's an easy thing to do now. But um, small things can slip through. So I didn't even think about the kind of dolls we give my son, for example, because I was more conscious of the dolls I give my daughter. And um, then I and I would talk to her if she got a Barbie doll. I'd say, well, you know, you don't see many women that look like that, do you? But with my son, I looked at all his Batman, his superhero figures. They have thighs the size of I don't know what, and big chests and small waists. And I thought, even these things can creep in without you even realizing, can't they? I think they often take a different form with boys and girls. But one of the things. You'll often see, particularly with little boys, um, a discussion of height. And so all of these dolls and, you know, a lot of our superheroes are these tall, strapping lads. And um, as the mum of a not-that-tall kid, a male one and a tall female one, there's a lot going on there. And boys will talk about that. But they will also talk about, you know, their bodies needing to look like this kind of this whole ripped abs thing. Mm. And we hear that in young 
boys, not just, you know, 15-year-olds, but, you know, boys in primary school are having this conversation. And so it does go back to some of those toys. And we do need to be aware that when we're playing with our kids, we don't want to kind of make ourselves the body confidence police because as we know in every aspect of life screens whatever it is every time we try and become the the police with our kids we have either the opposite effect or no effect so it is though about that conversation and just being more conscious that yeah it turns out you're a little bit shorter than your friend Joachim why is you know why is that do you reckon have you looked at dad and me and you know have you had a look at our family we're all a bit like that so you're part of something that's a little bit different and that's okay too but just starting to really work with kids around accepting who they are um with Girl Guides Australia and as part of a global movement that we're part of, you know, a world movement of 10 million girls and young women we run a program called Free Being Me And that's all about body confidence. So we run that with our sort of, we've got about 20,000 girl guides across the country. And we run that with probably in units all across the country with various age groups. And, you know, the feedback is that we need to talk about this, that girls actually want to engage in a conversation. And I don't think it's that different for boys. Mm. Um, so, you know, I can talk about the girls we work with, but I don't think that's saying you shouldn't be having this conversation with boys either, but it's not about, well, you know, directive, you have to like your body or you have to like X. It's actually about saying, well, what does your body do for you? You know, what are the things that, uh, that you can achieve and what, do, what do you value about yourself as a, as a person and what your body does? So instead of all the time focusing on, oh, um, I, I need to have muscles or I, I want to look like this. It's actually about, well, I really want to be, to be strong because I love doing gymnastics. So I'm going to work on being strong for gymnastics and having that kind of conversation helps us sort of derail the down the where all it's all about appearance um, conversation. And I think that's also important with boys and, and young men as well around saying, well, um, do you want to be tall because you want to be a basketball player? Or actually, is it about if you're, you know, do you love playing soccer? What's really important for being for playing soccer? Oh, it might be, I need to be fast okay, so if you need to be fast, what do we need? You know, what do you value about your body? I've got really good speed and I've got strong legs. So it's actually trying to break stuff down with your kids around what their body can do for them rather than that sort of much more passive, this is what I look like. And and that was going to be my next question because we've been talking about, you know, what we can avoid doing as parents, which effectively, when I think about it, it's, it's avoiding shaming your children for their bodies or or how they look. Um, It comes to mind that, you know, when we were growing up, calling someone a fatty boomba was kind of a joke. It was something you said. Um, And I I can hear it sometimes in my peers saying that to their kids. And, And then you think about it again. You think, no, actually, that's shaming a child for their appearance. So teaching them to be, um, aware of what their body can do seems like a really great step. Is there any room to appreciate the difference in your child's appearance. So let's say you've already said, what can your body do and how can you make it work for you? But let's say you have a child with a disability or you have a child with cerebral palsy or you have a child who is tiny compared to their peers. 
Is there a way of celebrating that difference so they feel special even if they get bullied or something else comes along to, I guess, diminish their body confidence? Yeah, as a person whose nickname in primary school was Chubb, um, (laughs) I can only reinforce that it's helpful not to create even the cute nicknames for the little babies. They can hang around and then they're a bit hard to get rid of. Mm. Um, But I guess what I'd say is I think appearance-based conversations are a bit of a minefield, but it is about maybe focusing on what that child can do um, and also thinking about how you create a narrative about if you are going to talk about how they look. And let's face it, you know, looking at your child is what you do for about three years straight, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and looking at them and loving them and and being so excited by what their development is such a big part of it. But I think, you know, thinking about things like, Look at, you know, your, you have brown eyes just like mummy. Um, and, you know, can you see you're part of a family? Um, and it's trying to find those ways that help kids put their appearance within a, a broader context. So it's not about being pretty or handsome, or it's actually about my appearance is part of who I am and part of my family and my culture. Yeah, culture. I was going to say that's it, isn't it? Because part of how we look, as you said, what we see is very white. It's very Mm. homogenous, very heterosexual. So a lot of different things. But when you take it back to your family, especially when they're young, they're so proud to be part of your family. I'm sure that changes when they're teenagers, but what a great base to build from. Yeah, and look, a little personal anecdote here. I'm um I'm so I'm from a pretty Anglo background. I've got dark hair and, you know, sort of olivey skin, but my partner is um from a Tamil background. And um our kids when they were little, it was really important for them to kind of notice the difference between them and me. So they'd say, you know, they'd notice that their skin, which is pretty fair but is is a different colour to my skin, was really important for them to notice that and for me to sort of accept. They'd they they'd say to me when they were, you know, like four, you're so very white, mummy. Um, I don't think that's very politically correct. Like people think kids don't say that, but they do. And I would say, yeah, I've got a different colour skin because your skin's a bit of dad's and a bit of mine and you're a perfect mix. But actually not being scared of the fact that your kids might look different to you um, or, you know, being that inclusive and creating a narrative that allows them to then decide later how they look but to see themselves as part of something bigger. Um, so I think that there's lots of ways families can do that and most people do it, but I, I think sometimes it's easy to drop into, particularly like we're all tired, we're all busy and there's lots of shortcuts around appearance that we can use. Like I'll put those, you know, put, let me do your hair because otherwise you don't look very pretty today or, you know, oh, we should definitely put on that nice dress because everybody wants to see you look like a nice little girl or we need to iron that shirt. So trying to actually just take a step back from that and say, okay, you know, we're all going for neat today and I'm ironing my (laughs) shirt. So it is about that that inclusion. I think, and, and creating a family where your children start from a really good base, where they feel like their family is a safe place and then they take their identity in that broader social world. When they step over into preschool, when they step into um, primary school, they need to have a firm base of a sense of who they are so that they're not knocked around so much by difference. 
Karen, thank you so much for your time today. Always a delight, Siobhan. That's Karen Bevan. She's a CEO of Girl Guides Australia. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our Total Energy Plan. Energy Australia. Light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au.